With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From the highly secure, top secret, Spurs Insider Podcast Headquarters. This is the Spurs Insider Podcast with your host, Mike Finger. We are joined by sports editor Nick Talbot and Spurs beat writer Jeff McDonald with his Polar Pop. We do not have Tom Ringo Starr Orsborn uh, with us this week. He is recuperating at home from a minor illness. Our thoughts are with him. Could you imagine going to a Beatles show, like paying the $1.50 or whatever it cost back in the day, and then Ringo's out with a minor illness? <laughs> It would and not they, be good. And they don't. They don't. Yeah. So how, how would George and and uh, and the other two guys? What are their names? Uh, John and uh, Steve. How would they keep the Steve? How would they keep the, the 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 rhythm? Steve. That's why Steve always gave total props to Ringo because he kept the rhythm. And this is going to be a, a tough podcast for a couple of reasons here in the headquarters. One is our producer just flubbed everything. This is true. If this sounds inorganic, this discussion we're about to have, it's because we've already had it for about five minutes before realizing that we were not recording. So again, if Ringo was here, this would not have happened because he keeps the rhythm and he keeps his eye on all of the technical stuff. And so we paid for that. And now we're going to have a conversation about where the spurs are and all those outrageous things that you just said earlier. You're going to have to repeat them. The cuss words too? The cuss words uh, too. I don't know. I don't think so. So anyway, what we talked about into a void of nothingness earlier that we will get into again is... It was sort of like audio Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the guys who, who have one follower or, and, uh, that, are, that are yelling into just nothingness and tweet all day and you wonder who is listening to it. The answer is nobody. But we appreciate the listeners of the Spurs Insider Podcast for always tuning in and subscribing to the Spurs Nation newsletter and subscribing to our podcast on all the podcast apps. We are recording this heading into the Spurs Thursday game against the Brooklyn Nets. So since the last time we talked to you for the Spurs Insider Podcast, there have been a couple of big things. Jeff was, in, in when we were screaming into the void earlier, making a big deal about the Spurs' first victory outside the United States in a while. Is that correct? It's the first one ever in Mexico. That's a big deal. Yeah. Why? Why are we talking? Why are we talking? Not to, why are, like why are you trying to make a big deal out of the Rockets thing? He, he 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 was trying to be more positive, which everybody knows. That's Jeff McDonald's brand is to always be more positive. While I was talking about the fact that the Spurs blew a twenty-five point lead against the Rockets a few nights ago in a game that had a lot of little side stories, including some substitutions that were new and different, but. In terms of the blown twenty-five point lead itself, Nick, you were saying like that's that's it's it 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 kind of was expected to happen, right? Yeah, and I, I once once it got down to eleven, I was like, oh no, this is this isn't going to turn out very well. Then it got down to nine, seven, and I was like, oh well, this I, I don't want to be Tom right now because this is gonna, he's going to rewrite this entire story that he's up, <laughs> exactly. and he's just Poor really Ringo. hating life. He just got back from Mexico City. On little sleep, and now he's having to deal with this, having to rewrite this entire gamer because the Spurs can't 
hold off the Rockets from 25 points. It did not go to a fifth straight overtime game, which would have been, been a record. It was, it was really close. Ringo was sweating it, having <laughs> it was, to rewrite on the de- on deadline there. But, but when they were up 25 in the first half... Jeff, I want to ask you about this. I've never heard you talk about this before. When they're twenty-five up twenty-five in the first half, what were your thoughts on whether or not that was a sure thing or not? Line, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyone who has seen the Spurs or the Rockets play this year knew that was not that was not safe. The Rockets can score points, as we all know, can score right. points in a hurry. The Spurs can give up points in a hurry. Um, like I thought, if they had gotten off to a better start in the second in the third quarter, right and Push that out a little bit more, then then they would have been a little safer. But it, it got it got to eleven like fast, and, and, the, and the, that's when we knew it was trouble. the end of the first half. Didn't go great either. I think it went from like twenty five to eighteen, which doesn't seem like a big thing. But now, one of the guys who was not playing well right then, we're going to talk about later, was Demar Derozan. Kind of was right. part of a, a group of people who who let that slip to eighteen at halftime. But it was it was I thought it, I think it was twenty two until the buzzer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so I think it was nineteen and a half. Nineteen. Okay. It was twenty-two until like at the buzz. Like right, you're that you're that close to being up twenty-two and a half. But you've going into halftime there where it's nineteen. If it was nineteen, that just seemed like okay. Well, that's the belief they're going to blow in the second half. It, yeah, that just seemed or there's very, a, there's very a very obvious ver- to me. Or at least there's a very good possibility of it. Yeah, yeah you knew Bryn Forbes was going to go six for six from three in the second half as well. You're right. I mean, Bryn Forbes in the first half had one of those. <laughs> I'm <laughs> repeating myself <laughs> from screaming into the void, but it was a Clay Thompson like quarter. The game, the games when Clay Thompson just goes crazy and can't miss. He looked like that. <laughs> do we have to do the other part too? Yeah. Where is he? Remember how Pop once called him Seth Curry, yes. and he had one of those Seth Curry halves. Yes. And then the second half, he was more like, uh, did I say Seth or Steph? Did I screw up my line? Yeah, you screwed up your line. He went I from. Se- it was supposed to be Steph, and then you he- said he went from Steph to Seth. And then I said he went from Steph to 60-year-old Dell. And if Ringo was here, he'd say, but I'm Exactly. But, okay, so we'll get into the Brent Forbes thing because, as I mentioned the void, Jeff was taking a respite from Twitter that night. He was not dealing with the shut-ins. I was dealing with the shut-ins. I made an co- uh, observation about what I thought was a pretty significant pop substitution change at the end, and yet all the shut-ins wanted to talk about was why was Bryn Forbes on the court at the end of the game. Bryn Forbes was on the court at the end of the game because he got the shot, two he got two shots that you wanted to take, one of them that was halfway down, and would have, what, forced overtime? Possibly won no, the I game? No, I think that was the, 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 corner, the corner three would have been a go-ahead shot. Would have been a go-ahead shot. And the other one would have forced overtime, yes. I had really have, I understand, and we've been through this a lot in this secure location, top secret, um, podcast headquarters about how we're totally sympathetic to the argument that Lonnie Walker could play more, that Marco Bellinelli, friend of the podcast, should play less, that Bren Forbes is an imperfect player, can be a liability on defense. But in that situation there, like like Bren Forbes... You had your best shooter taking two shots. You had your best shooter taking two shots. Open. Wide open. One of them, it's not like he just flubbed them like yeah. like I flubbed this recording thing yeah. earlier. Like like they were in rhythm. He the shot goes halfway down, and and you had mentioned earlier. I mean, it's, sometimes it's a make or miss game. And this was a make or miss loss for the Spurs. Yeah. Who was the alternative, Patty? Right, right. I mean, I, I'm not sure who else you want, Patty. Maybe I feel more com- comfortable taking that shot because he takes a bunch of them and has taken a bunch of them over the years. But I mean, we're splitting hairs here. Mm-hmm. So and and then I mean Patty did make the game winner in the historic victory in Mexico. This is true. 
This if is you true. want a few, you know, go back to the positive side of the week. Right. But Instead Patty and Bryn, so Patty and Bryn both the have the same kind of problems with their games. They're both pa- great shooters who struggle on defense at times. Right. Patty's been, based on what he's asked to do, Patty's been their best player this year, and I'm not sure there's a close he's second. He's the best player at filling his role. Yes. Correct. He's had yes, the best absolutely. the best season Relative to role. Some yeah, people sure. have pointed out that if you're looking for a second place on that, like Yaka Pertle could be yeah, a guy. Yeah. Um, uh, Rudy Gay has kind of had a low-key fine year. Like he's, He hasn't ever really taken games over, but I, I think that Patty's number one and Jakob's probably number two yep. in terms of just filling the role. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, third Especially would probably be like Chemezi Metu because his role is to sit on the end of the bench. <laughs> Look at see again, Jeff McDonald. Just his brand is positivity, and he's, he he's finding the 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 silver linings in all of this. He looks on the bright side of life. Yeah. Another thing. Everyone who knows me knows that about me. Exactly. We are. Um, another thing that I want to just get out, acknowledge, and get out of the way before we have the Demar Derozan discussion is to to kind of touch on the Lonnie Walker deal that people are still upset about. Why isn't Lonnie Walker playing more? Lonnie Walker could have played more in that game. It's a funny argument to have because Lonnie didn't make a shot in that game and got his 10 minutes and didn't do a whole lot with it. So on the one hand, yes, you understand why you want to play him more. On the other, Pop is kind of giving him opportunities and pieces. And yes, I totally understand why people think that Pop should just throw him out there for 25 minutes and let him sink or swim. But it's not like, other than the the just superhuman effort he had against the Rockets in the game in San Antonio in that comeback, it's not like he's just seizing these moments and, and taking control. Again, I think he should play more than Marco Bellinelli. But a big problem that some fans had with that game, this, this last Rockets game in Houston, is why is Lonnie Walker playing 10 minutes equal to Marco Bellinelli's 10 minutes? I would give Lonnie all of Marco's minutes at this point. I, I mean, I'm not going to be irate if you don't, but right. I would. Right. I would. Like, what do you what do you have to lose? And I, you just, you just, there just seems to be more upside. Like, maybe he didn't make a shot in that Houston game, but there's more of a there just seems like there's more of a chance that he's going to get to the rim and get you four, six, eight points. I would than agree. it is that Marco's going to all of a sudden start making shots. I, I would agree. But I'm not going to be. I mean, I don't. But I don't think that like like. After this past Rockets game, the blown 25-point lead in Houston, there was a certain contingent that's like, the Pop blew this game by playing Marco over Lonnie. And I don't think it's that significant. I think totally on their side, like, Lonnie should play more. But Lonnie didn't look great in the 10 minutes that he played, and it's not like mm-hmm. you would have just said that. Like, Lonnie Walker would have stopped the Rockets' comeback. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's, it's not that significant or that simple. Right. I will say there was a moment there where you're just treading water and trying just to sc- score some buckets to keep pace, and Marco missed like three in a row. But they, it's just like, geez. Again, those are shots, one though. Job. Those are shots, though, that you expect. Like, that's his job. Right. That's why he's on the floor, and he missed right. them. So he blew I'm, it. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not telling him not to take them. I'm just, I just, he hasn't made them all year. You're right. Like You're at right. some point, it's just Marco's had be... one game where he looked good, and he's just he's just not had a good year. And I think that's right. one pe- why people are so clamoring for anything else, anything. And I feel like they even might have run a play for him during that stretch and got him just a wide open corner three, or maybe it was a transition. You really watched this game closely, I think, yeah. I, I think, think the shut-in, like, good. I mean, you know, the shut-ins might prefer a sixty-year-old Dell Curry to Marco Bell <laughs> in LA at this point. Yeah, and I think it's going to happen. And again, 
it's a weird argument to have with people because you're uh, you're sort of on their side. It's sort of like you're right, but could you calm down? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly the point that I'm trying to make. You're right, but calm down. And it's not like if if this other thing happened, if if Lonnie Walker got eight more minutes per game, that all of a sudden. A, the Spurs are in the playoff race, or B, like Lonnie's becoming an all-star. I don't think it's that crazy. Yeah. I do like him, though. I do. Like, I do, too. I, I would like to see what he becomes. I, w- I will also say that I can't remember if it was during this podcast or the podcast in the void where we talked about the um, Derek White, DeJounte Murray backcourt and how that has the highest defensive potential of any Spurs backcourt. And... Both of those guys, I realized Harden's streaky, but both of those guys made Harden work in that yeah, game. Yeah, and like sure. there was a Harden got his in the end, and the Rockets won. And Harden wasn't going to miss shots all night, but he wanted no part of the Jante Murray there in the first half. When you're talking about closing with that lineup, do we trust Dejounte Murray offensively yet? I don't even mean making shots. I mean right. just making decisions. Well, he's been very inconsistent this year. Just an overall play. Like the, he, he, he just makes me nervous on offense. There's a, there's a question there about if those two guys are together, maybe should the 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 quote-unquote point guard in that situation be Derek. And then you put a guy off the ball that can't can't shoot outside of 12 feet. So that's, that's, that's an that's issue. Problem. Which that's is problem, issue. That, which is why you have to have Bryn in there or you have and, to have Patty Mills in there. This is why we haven't seen a lot of this. Yes. Which is a problem of, again, losing Davis. Yeah. Well, well I, I think more than that, it's just a problem of those two guys playing together. I just Yeah. Like, with with any other three guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you need more two-way guys. Yes. Because if DeJounte is in the game and he's not handling the ball, then there is no reason to be guarding him, really. Nope. And if DeJounte is handling the ball, as Jeff just pointed out, sometimes he does makes me nervous down the stretch. Type stuff. Makes no. me nervous down the stretch. No. But an, another person But it's not like everybody else is like the eye of the tiger. Another knows. person no. and this is how we will segue. It's a good segue. Another person who makes you nervous or has made you nervous with the ball in his hands late in games is the veteran former all-star DeMar DeRozan, who kind of has not been at his best in some of these close games. And like I wrote a column this week about what whether it's important what Pop was trying to prove by sitting him for the final full 46 of this game, um, whether he was just trying to win the game, whether he was trying to send a message. One thing for sure, he's not tr- – I had some people say, oh, he was tanking. He was not tanking. No, no, he, no. DeMar was off the court because he thought the other guys gave him a better chance to win. And because, I mean, De- DeMar just hasn't – he's been productive. He's had his moments, but he's he's struggled some of these games. And so this is kind of the meat of what we wanted to talk about today. What, what does it mean that – DeMar DeRozan was pulled with 446 left and did not come back into a game that went down to the wire. And is this something that kind of foreshadows anything? I don't know. I don't I want to say I don't think so. Like I we'll see. I think what what it means is what you said that in that particular game at that particular moment, mm-hmm. the way that game unfolded, that's that's the that's the configuration Pop thought was going to win him the game. I don't know if it means that's going to like Demar's never closing games again. That doesn't seem right. It doesn't. It doesn't. And and um, like I had people tweeting at me like, well, this obviously means they're going to have to trade DeRozan. No, 
Like you're jumping way ahead of, of the... I don't think it means they have to trade DeRozan, but I think it further cements the idea that that is that can or might be considered. Well, I think he I think there's a great chance he's traded before I don't want to be the aggregated. But <laughs> I I just personally I think there's a pretty good chance he's they look at trading him before the trade deadline, but yes. I don't think it's re- well, yeah. related if, to if these combinations the against Houston. If My, these combinations work out, I mean, it gives you more comfort in right. trading him that you still might be able to get that eighth spot which the Spurs for some reason really cover is making that playoff run and still be able to trade DeRozan and get future pieces, which, you know, it, it has to be some kind of goal. I mean, this is where I'll point out that Pop has closed games without Tim Duncan before. Yep. He's closed games without Tony Parker yes. before. He's closed games without Monta Ginobili before. Yes. He has a history of, like, riding with guys, right. riding with young guys, just letting it play out. And it doesn't necessarily mean the next game it's going to be right. the same idea. And I, I acknowledge this um, in what I wrote this week, that, the, you know, that this is not the first time that Pop has sat a guy, a star, in, at, at the end. Um also, Pop would just—it's like nails on a chalkboard to him to have someone analyze these types of yes. things. Like he's like he's his his response is you're putting way more thought into this than we did. You know, he. So you're th- saying th- Pop th- doesn't listen to our podcast? This this wasn't a. I don't think he knows what a podcast is. I mean, Jeff just learned what a podcast <laughs> was last week. So and like they're similarly familiar about technology. That's why they get along so well, Jeff and Pop. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yes, I, I, I don't think that this particular game against Houston is is just just me automatically means that Demar's not part of the rotation anymore and they're moving on, what have you. What I was fascinated by though is that it it does kind of reinforce the idea that those two guys, Murray and White, and I think at some point Lonnie Walker gets into that group. Those are the guys who are going to be around the next time the Spurs have a chance to be a true contender. Oh, that's absolutely correct. And they, I'm not saying they are going to be a true contender, but if the next time they have a chance to be, those guys will be around, and I don't think DeMar DeRozan will be. I would say the next team, this, the next Spurs team that has, like, let's say, home court in the first round of the playoffs uh-huh. will have neither LaMarcus Aldridge or DeMar DeRozan on it. Yes, yes. And that is it's a it's a weird kind of needle to thread in terms of how we talk about Demar and Lamarcus because it's not like they've been terrible. Again, nope. as we've said in this secure room many times, they've been their best players the past couple of years, and it's not like Demar asked to come to this place and be the star. Yeah, and he never said, "I'm going to come here and carry you to the plate." Like he's just kind of doing what he can. He's been a good teammate. They love him. Pop loves him. It's just a, a deal where they're in this awkward situation um, where their best player, maybe their best two players, are not going to be around whenever they're good again. I'd be shocked if they would be. Yeah, yeah. And, but you, you also can't, at this point, you can't have those two guys and not play them. Right. Which goes into um, another discussion we've had about how some people think that DeMar's best role on this team would be to come off the bench. I agree with that. I just don't think you can make it happen. It's just never going to happen. It's never going to happen because why – not that DeMar's a bad guy or a selfish guy. He's just like every other player who's been in the league for – how long has he been in the league? Ten years almost? More than that. And how many all-star teams has he been on? How many all-star teams has he been on? Those guys just don't – 
accept the move to the bench and say, yes, I'll do whatever I can for this team that is not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. No, he, yeah. he, he would, he would, I, I have a feeling that if the Spurs were leading the Western Conference or you know, had, a, had a legitimate chance to, to play for a title this year and Pop went to him and said, hey, we think the best thing for the team is for you to come off the bench, I think he'd say, sure, sign me up. He wouldn't love it, but he'd, he'd like prime, that's great. Prime Manu Ginobili didn't love it. Right. Mm-hmm. But that was... This is that that was pitched and sold to him as this is what we have to do to be a championship team. Right, you can't make that that no, but DeMar argument would, to Demar at all. DeMar especially, would, especially <laughs> okay, if, if you're I'm, go ahead, Nick. No, I was going to say Demar on a contending contending team. Demar would make a great Lou Williams. Right. Yeah, that's what he is. Yes, that's what he's a bigger Lou Williams. Yeah. Um, I mean, not not to not to speak for Monte Ginobili, but if the Spurs were in twelfth place, mm-hmm. I don't. I think he would bristle a little bit more, and, and especially I, if he was. Maybe not the end of his career, but, right, but right, right, at, right. when he was at... 25, at, 20... Well, he well came at if, if he was at DeMar's age, heading into a season where he was... And he had no ties to San Antonio, yeah, yeah. and he's heading into an offseason where he's looking to get his last contract. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's... You can say, oh, it's selfish of DeMar not to want to come off the bench, or that he had bad body language at the end of that Houston game, which is something that, you know, everybody noticed, like, he's at the end of the bench, and he's not excited to be on the end of the bench at the end of a game where the outcome is in doubt and he's I mean, not playing. Neither was Tim. Right. Right. When that would happen. Right. I, like I, I mean, he's... A lot of this is, I think, people... DeMar's not a bad guy. DeMar's not a bad teammate. He's not a bad player. He just doesn't fit. People, and, people don't like his game and they want to assign all these other like correct. negative attributes. Correct. That, that more than anything drives me nuts. DeMar's actually a really good guy. That's correct. Yeah. Correct. I don't think I don't think many people who are around dispute that. I don't think many people who know what they're talking about dispute right. that. The the other issue with that though is if the Spurs want to trade him and we're not for all the aggregators we're not saying that he's on the block or that the Spurs have even had any discussions with anybody about trading him. It's just natural that this idea would be out there and that's something they would consider. Like he probably needs to play so teams can see him play. Like you're not, you don't yes. want him pouting on the end of the except, bench, except not the final four minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I think Pop was trading, uh, was saving his trade value. Could be. And Could be. For all this trouble that we're saying that he, you know, it doesn't fit with his team. He hasn't been playing very well. There are a lot of contending teams that would want Demar Derozan as a as like a third option. He's yeah. Uh, ideal. Yeah, and it just, but it's just hard to put together a deal that would make. You know, that's the what, way. The money's always a problem. Money's a problem. What do the Spurs get back? Are they just going to trade him for just to? Just to get him off the, you know, out of the way, so the younger kids can play. I like. I, I don't. All these are, are concerns, issues, issues that R.C. Yeah. Buford and Brian Wright and Greg Popovich have to consider when they look at this. The other one is, as we brought up on the podcast before, like it's. Some people say, "Well, just let him go in the off season, and then just use that money to sign someone else." It doesn't work that way because the Spurs are over the cap, and if his twenty, what is it, twenty-seven million? Yeah. If that goes, that means you might only be able to replace him with like 12, 14 million worth yeah, of players. Yeah, I mean, you can get further under the cap, but for what? Right. I mean, if DeMar, next summer if, is a bad free if agent. If DeMar DeRozan summer. were to become a free agent next summer, the best free agent the Spurs might be able to sign is DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Uh, the, it's better to trade. It's an interesting point in this franchise's history for a lot of reasons. And, you know, we talked about 
last year, the first year with Demar, the first year with first full year without Kawhi Leonard as being the transition year. Well, the transition's kind of extended here, and I think the transition lasts as long as Aldridge and DeRozan are here. I think they're yeah. the, they're the middle period between yeah. everything that came before them and then whatever they turn right. into after. Right, and they're like I don't mean this in an insulting way. But Demar and Lamarcus are placeholders to yep. a degree. Yeah, not to a degree. That's what they are. Yeah, and I can see why some fans just want them out of the way as soon as possible and mm-hmm. play the young kids, cash them in for assets. Yeah, and if if you if you suck for a while, you suck for a while. But, like I get you, I get that. Yeah, but I you almost it. have to have the placeholders because you don't want to just do a disservice to Pop because you don't know how much longer he's going to be here. You and you want to make that playoff push as long as you have the best coach in the NBA. Yeah. You want to try to as we said last week, if the seventh and eighth seed would get out of reach, then it would make these yeah. decisions a lot more, a lot easier. Yeah, but everyone's playing like, but everyone's trash. Like yeah, right. Do you think that Lamarcus has more value on the trade market than Demar does? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Possibly he has a little bit more control, and he makes a little bit less money, so that makes it a little bit easier to trade. And I think his buckets are a little bit more efficient. If somebody, it would seem like. If somebody just needs a post guy, if that's a more obvious filler than, um, or a more obvious target than whatever someone would need for Demar. Like, there's a lot of wings and guards on teams out there. If somebody might, sure. I could see somebody saying, "Hey, we need a big guy." But yeah. the the downside of that is like Lamarcus doesn't play the style that all the good teams play. Neither one of them do. That's yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. No, because if, pe- if people are looking to <sighs> trade, if the thing that most people want to add to their team down the stretch is a 3 and D guy. Yeah. And that's not going to be DeMar, and that's not going to be LaMarcus. Yeah. Yeah. Where, like, how long does this kind of stasis, stasis, the right word, for, for whatever the Spurs are in right now, how long does that last? Like, when do you want to make a decision as to, to what this season is? I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I, like I like I said earlier, if, if if you were clearly out of the playoff race, it would be easy. But as long as you're there, I think they're going to keep pushing for it. Yeah, you almost have to wait almost all the way to the trade deadline just to see where you're at. Just because unless some unless co- these seven Sacramento or the Suns or so, someone starts pulling away, you like, just keep, and I feel like keep the, at it. I feel like the deals aren't getting worse between now and February. No, you're right. Like you you can wait and see where you are in January and February and. I think more. I think it's almost there. better to wait to make a trade because teams will get more desperate as they're trying to make the playoffs. It's kind of amazing that we um, have not spoken about one of the more uh, popular highlights of the week since our last podcast, which was Dejounte Murray getting the face of James Harden. What, oh what, yeah. What did you think of that little showdown? Yeah, uh, good. I, I kind of thought good for the kid. Yeah. You know, good for him. Like. Good. That's Good for the kid. It didn't look like James Harden is very, very used to it. He's like, what the heck is going on? Why what is, I loved, someone what treated I, me like this? My favorite part was James's personal bodyguard running out on the court to save yep. his guy. I think, that, that was kind of funny to me. I think James Harden thought he deserved 10 free throws for that. <laughs> it, it pales in comparison to the, to the NBA brawls and fights of yesteryear, not that long ago, but that, like nowadays that was a pretty big deal. You had, you had DeJounte... Taking the ball away from Harden, and this started in the preseason. Like yeah, that's right. Dejounte kind of standing up to James Harden. Like James Harden is, again, he won this game, and he's a better. He's he's a totally justifiable MVP candidate. Sure, he's one of the best in the league. But he does not. He does not like Dejounte Murray to see him in front of him as a defender. And I, I, if you're looking for just things to get excited about in this season that hasn't 
had a lot of them for the Spurs. I mean, DeJounte kind of holding his own and wanting to go toe-to-toe with James Harden has got to be something. Yeah, it is. It is. You just you wish you'd see more growth on the offensive end, as we mentioned earlier, but I think that's just part of the growing process for a point guard in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, not making comparisons, but when Tony Parker was starting out, he had some pretty horrific stretches of learning to play point guard. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. The, we the, will. The upcoming um, schedule probably is what median is like average. It's, it's not like they're about to get fat. It's not like they're they're heading into the the horrors of the rodeo well, trip. Let's, let's see. Like, we, I guess Another we're doing this from Kawhi. We should beat Another the Nets. Just, I mean, I mean, well, I'm not going to say. I should. cannot Go believe ahead. you just did that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Nets I'm are sorry. 15 and 12 and playing Nets, much better without Kyrie. Nets are, are a team you should beat at home, right? Team you could, could could beat it. Okay. Well, they own Kawhi. So that's, <laughs> they own Kawhi. Especially at the AT&T Center. Warriors on New Year's Eve. Kawhi has not won a game at the AT&T Center since he played for the Spurs. It's I true. just want to point that out. It's true. So that's 2-0. That's 2-0. The Warriors are terrible. No way the Spurs lose to the Warriors. Mem- There's no way they lost Memphis. to the Cavs either. They're at Memphis. Memphis. No way. Oh, yeah. I skipped Memphis yeah. and Dallas. Yeah. At Dallas. Lucas, Lucas got a sprained ankle. Yeah, just steal that one in Dallas. Yeah. So that's 4-0. Then, then the Warriors at home, and that's 5-0. Sure. And then what, there's like uh, a Detroit? Pro- by then, yeah, yeah, Detroit's in there somewhere, right? Mm. Yeah. By then, you're probably in the playoff picture. And then, and then you start like trading four superstars. How do, right. how, how do we get superstars in right. here to take them over the top? Right. Then after that, Milwaukee comes in to showcase Giannis exactly. for a trade. Exactly. Oh, no, this is getting aggregated, isn't it? <laughs> Anyway, this is the power of positivity going on right here. <laughs> we will uh, the 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 spur the secure location, the top secret location is gonna be closed off next week. We, this is you're gonna have to make do with with this just brilliant podcast that we just gave you for the next week or so. But we'll be back in year 2020, the 20s. We'll we're, be back in the 20s. We're waiting all the 20s. We're gonna we're gonna be back in the night, the roaring 20s, and um, we're not even ever- doing. We're not even after Christmas. That, uh, I am not. This, this, this may or may not be true. I think if, if it happens, it'll be like the thirtieth or thirty first. Yeah, the thirtieth. I, okay. I am I am out of pocket until the thirtieth, and I am the guy who edits this video and puts the guitar music on the beginning out, and the end. Yeah. So if it's too loud for everyone, just well, you know, might, send me an email and yell at me. Get I, me on Twitter and yell at me. Just pretend I'm Jeff and yell at me. We might bring you might, some you guitars also, in here to you play. You might our own also have music. to take over the job of pushing pushing record. That's true. Because the guy. Well, Ring, that's that's Ringo's job, and Ringo will be back next time. Hope everybody enjoys. <laughs> Hope everybody has a pleasant week of holiday frivolity, and we will catch you in the nineteen twenty or in the twenty twenties, the roaring twenties. And until then, take care of each other and keep it real. <laughs>